Hello, everyone, and thanks for tuning in to the Left of Greg podcast. I am Brian Marin, the host and creator of the show. As always, I will be joined by human behavior expert, Mr. Greg Williams, who the show is affectionately named after. Here on the Left of Greg show, our goal is to increase your advanced critical thinking ability through a better understanding of what we call human behavior, pattern recognition, and analysis. If you'd like to find out more about what that is, you can check out our website at arcadiacognorati.com or by following us on Facebook at HBPRA. Please help support the show by checking out our Patreon site where for just a few dollars you can have access to all kinds of episode extras, videos, and short tutorials that are updated weekly. Just click the link in the episode details that says support the show and we'll take you directly to that site. If you have any questions or would like us to cover a specific topic, please reach out to us at leftofgreg at gmail.com. On today's episode, Greg and I are going to be talking about the recent mass shooting in Nova Scotia, Canada. Please keep in mind that we recorded this episode on the morning of April 22nd when the details of the case were still being reported. During the episode, we explain how to conduct real-time predictive analysis during an in-progress situation so that even during a chaotic event, you can stay left of the next bang. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy the show. All right, Greg, so we're going to go ahead and uh, get started uh, today. We are going to be talking about the recent attack, uh, uh, shooting attack, that occurred in Canada. So this is, um, uh, it's just recently occurred, right? Happened um, morning of, um, or late, or evening of April 19th, excuse me. But I want to let everyone know who's listening, we're recording this on April 22nd. So any facts or anything of the case that we're going to talk about is only as of recent of the morning of April 22nd, because this will get aired a, a few days later. So this is a huge deal in Canada. It's not like the US where, where we're, we're so used to this stuff all the time now that right. it's almost just kind of another thing we see in the news, which is unfortunate. But this is much different uh, because these mass shootings like this, don't uh, don't happen as often. So I'm going to just go ahead and jump right into the case, Greg, and then we can kind of crack it open a little bit. Oh, I love it. Um, uh, a couple of things to, to remember, not a lot of details are out yet. So Canadian press, uh, a little bit different than, the, in, than uh, the American press, for sure, and how and what's reported and when it's reported. Um, but we do have a whole bunch of listeners in Canada. So if we get something wrong or slightly inaccurate, if you've got some other information, uh, for those of you who haven't reached out, please reach out left of Greg at gmail.com. Obviously we want to lead with, uh, always lead with the facts, uh, but you probably have some inside or tacit knowledge that we haven't heard about yet. So we'd love to do a follow-up if you want to reach out to us. So we'll go ahead and get started basically April 19th. So this last Saturday at about, uh, 10 30 at night guy by the name of Gabriel Wortman uh, started a shooting rampage that lasted about uh, 12 hours across the Canadian province of Nova, Sco- Nova Scotia. So it started at a home in a real small kind of rural uh, seaside community, folks. So something real, real small, really only a few hundred people live in that community at, at a given time. It's one of those kind of vacation areas where it increases in the summer and then decreases in the winter. So it started out uh, at 1030 at night last Saturday in this small town, uh, Wartman killed his ex and her new boyfriend first, uh, then started an entire 12 hour shooting rampage. During this course, he killed multiple people, including a married couple in front of their children. Uh, he set several houses on fire. Um, as of this morning, like I said, there's a total of 23 people have been killed. Um, I think that number may rise. Uh, because they're also, I couldn't really find out too much information on how many people are injured as well. Mm -hmm. So just, I just do know that at least the death count is already at 23. 
So he was wearing uh, some type of authentic, uh, what's reported as an authentic police uniform and a vehicle that looked like a police uh, cruiser. And that kind of allowed him a little bit of movement. So the 12-hour manhunt ended uh, in a standoff at a gas station with police uh, where Wartman was killed. So the RCMP, the, the, the Mounties up in Canada, said that they are investigating uh, 16 different crime scenes that were part of the murder spree. And again, there may be more. Uh, several of those are burnt out homes. Um, there was a, a number of other injuries in the attack, but I, I couldn't really kind of uh, get too much information on it. So some of the victims obviously were known uh, to, to Wartman. Others were not. Um, among people killed was a, a long veteran veteran police officer, teacher, nurse, a whole bunch of other folks. Um, so that's basically what occurred over this time frame. And again, a lot of details are still coming out. So real quick, some of the stuff I did find that's been reported on Wartman, uh, 51 years old, he made dentures for a living. That was his job. Uh, one of the interesting things I found about him is that there's a well-known, I guess, TV host in Canada by the name of Candy uh, Palmiter, I think her name is. And she reported that uh, her and Wartman were actually close friends in college. And she said, and these are quotes from her, I knew right from the beginning that this guy needed a friend, so I befriended him. Most of my friends didn't like him, but I didn't care. He met my parents and members of my family, and we were inseparable for that whole year. I always felt like he wasn't quite comfortable in his own skin, but I thought he, that as he matured, he would grow into himself. She added a few other comments about Gabriel always having a sadness about him. And in her words, he was a little different. Okay. So, so that's someone from, from, you know, if that was back in college and he's 51 years old, I'm going to say that's probably 30 years prior to this event. Um, these are obviously, Greg, for, for you and I and for the listeners understand, these are the things that we care about. These are the details of the case that we look into because this is where those pre-event indicators are. I'm, I'm not concerned with the type of weapon that he used or, you know, unless it has some type of significance uh, uh, to his behavior, um, not too concerned about a whole bunch of other facts, including kind of what, what people are. Of course, the headline today is police still searching for motive to what happened. Uh, which we let again him, let him let him stay on that for a while, from our per perspective doesn't matter. So the first thing when this came out and Greg and I were texting back and forth about this, uh, you know, he said you were, I did said, Hey, the death count is up to this or this many people, Hey, 12 hours. And I, my response, the first thing that popped in my head was, you know, Hey, that's, that's a lot of killing and that's a lot of rage. That's and I, I think that kind of is a good place to start from. So Greg, I, I know you wanted to, I'm going to pass it back off to you, but make sure I just want to hit those kind of details of what's been reported so far. No, no, no. And, and you know what? Some people only get their, uh, to, to show you how uh, horrible the world is. Some people only get their news from you, Brian. So that's the, <laughs> well, gosh, that's I hope not. Take, folks. No, but uh, well, if they listen to the Colbert report and some of that other crap. Uh, so here's the thing, Brian, uh, uh, you'll remember, that I uh, uh, texted you, Shelley and Sean, uh, as it was unfolding, uh, because uh, growing up in Detroit, folks, you got to understand Windsor's right across. It's actually north uh, of uh, of Detroit and, and everything east. And uh, the OPP, you know, you get a relationship, Channel 9 News, CBET. And uh, the way that the Canadians do their news, you got to understand U.S. News is really ready, fire, aim. Uh, we We push it out there. We don't know anything and we're pushing out facts already. And then we have to resend everything. 
the Canadians are very tight-lipped about the information until they have facts. So what I got first is officer down and that it was in progress, shelter in place. That's what I sent you, Brian, if you remember. And then we started going, okay, let's, let's find. Well, there was a time, folks, that we had like the inside track on news. And now social media trumps everything. So people are sending data. But what you have to do is you have to feel that wave. This one felt like it was an unfolding and it was going to be bad right from the beginning. So feeling that means that we used a point in time and we compared our knowledge about that point in time against the baseline. Baseline plus this anomaly drives us to a decision. And our decision was, let's get those sources open. Let's start calling people and find out exactly what we have. And again, Brian, we were right on the fact that this was a big one and, and it wasn't going to end for a while. Now, I, I think that, that what we would talk about uh, in addition to all of these things is the first thing that struck me. The first thing that struck me is you knew the guy wasn't a copper, but he had gone through a tremendous amount of research and detail. And I'm immediately thinking of uh, Anders Brevik. I apologize. Right. It just popped into my head yeah. uh, because I couldn't think of his name all morning. And we've been typing other things and working yeah. on other stuff, folks. And so all of a sudden it pops into my head. Anders Brevik actually went to the library and sat down and said, what do so, the uniforms look like? Yeah, what? real quick. A yeah, Anders Brevik was uh, in, in uh, Norway um, or Sweden, Norway. Sorry. Um, he was the one he went to, there's a, there's a, another Netflix movie about it, but he was the one, same thing, uh, dressed up as police officers, set off a bomb in the financial area, uh, of, of Oslo, uh, drew in first responders, all that, then went out to this Island where, um, uh, a lot of these folks kind of like a high end school slash camp for kids yep. uh, for all these really rich folks that all worked in that financial area, uh, financial district, basically went out there to this little island, took a ferry, took a boat out there and, and started killing all these these little children. And so do your homework. Look it off quick. So everyone knows. But again, yep. uh, sorry. So so go ahead from there. No, 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 no. It's, it's perfect. So, so what I want folks to think about is the first threads that I'm pulling is it takes a tremendous amount of detail-oriented work and organization to pull off and some guys will say, hey, listen, he used a decommissioned RCMP vehicle. It doesn't matter. Okay, right. the logos, the way the light bar is set up, all that stuff, the type especially vehicle, a cop or yeah. a person that's been around. They know that. They know cop tires. They know what the, the, you know, the, the door insignia looks like, the old school and the new school. So they would pick that stuff right away. Uh, uh, there's been many times that our viewers and our listeners, Brian, have been driving around in their town and seen an old Crown Vic driving around with a right. spotlight. And, and for just a glance, you go, hey, there's a copper. But then you look at the whole picture yep. and you go, that ain't no copper, yeah. Vic, right? And you see somebody driving it, you know, and they're chains smoke and then Matthew McCracks a lot decided they'd you know buy a police vehicle that's not what we're dealing with here Brian and the uniform that's why the brevet came up too uh, uh the uniform passed muster it passed muster on a fellow female police officer that he ultimately killed so so now we're talking gift of time and distance so if we just look at those we got uh uh, uh his idea to buy the gift of time and distance by looking like a cop that drives another spiral that a lot of serial killers, a lot of, of, of mass shooters are fascinated with coppers. They're fascinated with death. They do ride-alongs, and they go to places that, that do autopsy protocols, and they volunteer at a mortuary. That's a fascination that they have. So, so we have that angle. Then we have the angle that he's highly organized, and he uses the lowest uh, level of sophistication attack known to man. Uh, if I want to steal the mail, I dress like a mailman. If right. I want to uh, put a bomb in a uh, Oklahoma City federal building, I dress like a UPS guy. Do you, you see where I'm going with right. that, Brian? So, so what's happening is that early on, 
when the messages started coming in, somebody should have done the math and said, this is going to last a long time. This guy's going to kill until he's killed. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Because one doesn't play that many cards in their suit and say, okay, uh, uh, I'm not all in. I decided against this. I'm going to give up. What, what he did is he played his hand. He had been building this crescendo of violence. He had been, been building this for months. Yes. And then once those two first were killed, his ex and her, because that's what this is all about. That's right. what started right. the slow that's, that's, burn of rage. Yep. Then everything else was, I'm done. I'm full. Bring it on. Let's so, go. I've got nothing to lose. So one, the comparison to Brevik, spot on, right? This is a very, this is an example of someone, he already had a plan up Targeted to a point. Targeted attack with a plan. You're exactly right. right. So he already had a level of organization up to a point. So let's take it from kind of at bang sort of, right? Because like what we always say, hey, it's all about pre-event indicators. Yep. But even are, are the police or someone going to see him doing all this stuff? Well, well, no, not beforehand, not necessarily, meaning it got out, someone did. But let's take it then from at bang, because you just brought up a great uh, you started with it saying, hey, this one felt like it was going to be a long protracted shootout. Yep. It felt like this. So so let's take it from there. So, you know, he what he, his initial attack killed his ex and her boyfriend started setting houses on fire. And so what what would what would the facts then be the artifacts and evidence that I could use right then and there to look at that unfolding event and go, where's this likely headed? Because that's going to yep. change my response, right? It's going to change how I allocate resources, uh, the message I send out, the communication I use, right? So how would I know then versus, hey, this, this is this is a domestic violence where he kills them and kills himself or but has a standoff. That's it. That, that's, right. what, what you just did is, is, is because you're trained in experience, your training is sneaking out there. But I want you to, to, to dial that back just a second and think of that cop around the road, ER, uh, yeah. first responders, uh, a neighbor that's looking out and going, what's happening across the street? Folks, most likely what you're witnessing is a domestic violence assault that's turned into a homicide. And now a person's trying to do away with the evidence, do away with themselves and uh, put their thumb in the dike, do something. And, and that happens all the time. That's all I mean, the a, time. A, unfortunately, exactly. that's a normal thing, right? This, that's Much not the guy that goes around shooter. and kill. Yeah. That exactly. guy, that's not the guy that kills 23 people. That's yep. the person that can't control their emotions. They exactly. get rage, they lash out and then go, Oh damn, I can't unring yep. that bell. Okay. So yep. that's different, right? So, so he, we have a targeted attack. Yep. That, that also includes a domestic violence incident that turns fatal. So if we're going to talk about intent, the intent's proven by the severity of the damage caused at the scene. One, he goes to the scene with full intention to buy himself enough time to be able to get close enough to his target. That's why the cops stop. There, there's another side to that. It's like Halloween. During Halloween, what happens is we pick a costume that is meaningful to us. It doesn't have to necessarily be meaningful to another human. That's why sometimes you'll see little kids with the, uh, you'll see little kids and what they'll do is they'll have the, the uh, 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 mask on and they'll tip the mask up on top of their head. And when they look down, you can see the mask. But the reason they do that is they're scared of their own mask. He wasn't scared of his mask. He wanted to try to show the mask to the rest of the world. So you know this is your last day on the planet. You're going out in a blaze of glory. He's already made these decisions, Brian. Right, this those is decisions one of the are already that made, right. So, so that's where we're at was how do you identify right. that person who's made but, those decisions? But yeah, I need so to make going. sure that yep. people understand yeah. why he was dressed the way that he is twofold. One, give the time and distance. Two, my last day on earth, this is it. This is uh, uh, my show, and I'm going to dress any way I like. Because I've always wanted to dress like a cop and pull people over. This is going to give me the chance. Now, he goes to the incident, and at the incident, 
uh, you know, boots the door, rampage attack, comes in the house and kills everybody in the house, right? He didn't linger at the house. He didn't uh, call somebody and say, hey, it's a barricade. There was no chance for de-escalation at that point because he was a single-minded person. His organization, low level of sophistication, he used a gun, okay, or a bat or a knife. Think about that, folks. It, it wasn't this long, protracted uh, uh, a, a chemical uh, device that, that was going to go off and kill her over time. He, he blew her away. He comes out of the house, and there's neighbors that heard the scrum and see the smoke starting. They're on the phone with their version of 911. And what does he do? The very first thing is he sees the two adults there, and he goes, well, uh, you know, in for a penny, in for a pound, and he shoots them. Now, somebody in the news media says he shot them right in front of the kids. Why? Kids just didn't happen to be his targets, right? He elevated the adults to, to, the, to, to the table and said, welcome to the party, killed them, lights the fire again outside with the cars and then their house, and decides, I'm going on a small-scale scale kill, killing spree. So to answer your specific question, that specific domestic violence incident at someone else's home spilled out into a shootout. First responders should accord on that area immediately, knowing that like fire, it was going to spread from there. Why? Because he didn't go back to his car and speed away from the scene. He remained and he was going to kill. And I think in his mind, Brian, I think he was thought, this is it. This is where it's going to happen. I'm going to do that. Then guess what? He runs out of targets. Uh, much like yeah. Dylan Seabold and Eric Harris, right? Right. Ed Columbine, he runs out of target. So now they got to move from the library to the gosh damn, or the uh, cafeteria to the library. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Right. So, so once he runs out of targets and people start fleeing, what's he got to do, Brian? He's got to get back in that Vic and he's got to leave the go. area. So as you're coming into the scene, and how many times have we told first responders this of any kind? As you're coming into the scene, you absolutely have to look because the bad guy's already past you. The bad guy's driving past you. The, the things, and, and you, the, can you imagine a first responder going, hey, why is that police vehicle going the other way at a high rate? Of the speed? opposite you know what way. I'm saying? Those are indications. So who's the best witness? Well, the worst witness is an eyeball witness, especially in an uh, uh, unfolding situation rapidly like this. But guess what? That dispatcher now has to ask the questions. He's dressed as what? Hey, we might have a copper uh, involved in a shooting. Do you see the way that's going to unfold, Brian? Think outside the box. I know you hate that term, but if you only think that we've got a cop down or we've got a cop with a shooting or something like that, the first responders are going to have what? They're going to have a template match that they're looking right. for rather than a prototypical match. Does that make sense? Yeah, and so – all right. So let's unpack a lot of what you just said. And because again, this is diff some of it's difficult to put together because we don't have all the details of where the place was he went next and, and, and what, what was in then his next victim or target, because it might, it probably follows his way of thinking and it follows a very logical manner. Uh, not logical, like what, what normal humans, what we would think is logical. Cause obviously Spock this is logical. Yeah, yeah, but, exactly. But, but in terms of uh, behavior and what, what he's looking for, what's a prototypical match for what he's looking for in an in intended victim, where does he want to spill his rage out into? Right. So, so sometimes it could just be that victim of opportunity. And it looks like from some of the details getting was someone came upon the scene or walked up and saw, Hey, what's going on? I went apparently one person was killed uh, because he was checking in on someone else and walked in and here's this guy. And then, well, now he's got to die. Right. Um, right. So and, and remember that delay, because you're not thinking, even if it looks like a homicide, even if they saw blood and they heard shots fired, what do they see? They saw what looked to them cognitively close enough, a police vehicle, and what looked to them like a police officer. So if we see that, what do we do? We psychologically de-escalate, Brian, going, 
oh, thank God the cops are already here. You see that? You see how that played into the shooter's hand? Gabe knew that going in. He knew or should have known psychologically that going in, and that played directly to his strong suit. So, okay, so let's let's take it from there in terms of it's it's on it this is unfolding and those reports come in of this occurring yep. and because those are chaotic uh, events and they're chaotic a lot of times there's communication issues between yep. you know organizations units on the ground uh, uh separate agencies involved uh dispatch to that like those are all normal uh there's a lot of communication that that everything comes down to proper communication a lot of times right if, if someone right. Did, and some is extraneous did, some is useless. It, well some to is. even to the point where people are now are are saying hey what what the, the police didn't do a good job of actually communicating the threat to the community they didn't sound certain alerts that they typically do they were doing everything over twitter and yep. only not everyone in that area follows them on twitter or would get that update so was this the best way so that's all all ways that that these things occur so when you say well how does it go for this long and how come it took them this long? Yep. Look, there's, there's a lot of the, those wheels have to get spun up and start moving and that takes time and proper communication. So what, what do you think then it, it was right? We, we can, we can say, all right, this started as some type of rage attack. We had the, the all right, he's obviously had a, a victim uh, in mind. He wanted to go after his ex and, and her boyfriend targeted uh, this, attack. This yep. was a targeted attack. So now that's, a typical it's a lot of times when different like we already said domestic violence is that pour over into a homicide that's what it is it's a you're the intended target or if it's a suicide and i want to do it in front of your house or your whatever it's the same thing look I, i'm i'm this is what i'm directing my anger my rage at right yes. uh, this is where all my pain is going you're the problem for it so hey if i just get rid of you so now Good. that occurs so what then switches or, or or how can i then get from that point to go okay a is this is oh, this yeah, yeah, typical yeah, domestic yeah. violence with a homicide that a lot of law enforcement officers have seen, or is this the the guy that's going to go kill in the neighborhood? And what should I see from there? What was behavior? You're exactly right. So so we're going to do a comparative analysis. Let, let's let's go backwards and then stay and then go forward really okay. quickly. One, uh, uh, because of the severity of the domestic violence, there's a lot of domestic violence incidents every single day that don't result in a homicide. Yes. So statistically, it's it's an, a, a significant number. Don't get me wrong, yeah. but it's a very low number. It's a very scientifically right. small number of of domestics that 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 turn out to homicides. Even though it's a high number of homicides, if we were looking at all what the causes of homicides, very few are armed robberies. A lot more are domestics, right? Yeah, yeah. But so, I mean, you think you're like you're going if you're going to be killed by someone, it's it's much ninety nine hundred times you know. someone you know. So and, and some of you're in an intimate relationship is yeah. at the top of that list. So yeah, I want our viewers, our listeners, to think back, Brian. How likely is it that our shooter in this incident stewed? for a protracted period of time to get this much rage. You said it. I, first thing. I'm, I'm guessing it took a long time for him to develop to the point of, of him going and committing a homicide. 30 years of being just a little bit different translated into this one moment in time, this 12 hours of his life. Well, let's protract so, that over what being a little bit different is 30 years later. If you continue on that track of being a little bit different and you don't get help or you don't get a broken vessel, get, that damaged puppy that the br woman brought in and thought she could fix. Do you get what I'm saying? That's all yeah. good. But what I'm saying, Brian, is there had to be leakage. There had to be social leakage. There had to be behavioral leakage. There had to be something like 
do you think that if we could interview the ex-wife now, she would have said, well, I always knew if I got killed, it was going to be him. I know she would say that. Oh, absolutely. Uh, uh, how many times do you think she warned her husband, don't go to the door, it's probably him? How many times did he call or threaten or anything? There's police reports. And this will all come out, folks. Mark my words. In a few weeks, you'll have all of the story. But I'm telling you, Brian, that people don't take that stuff seriously, and that's where the things start now. So- and in one of the things that there's add to that, his fascination with law enforcement, you know, yep. uh, with the uniforms, with vehicles that look like it. I always, anytime I see those on the road where people still have, where you can buy the old police interceptor model crown Vicks because it still has a tag that says police interceptor yes. on it. You know what I mean? And, but it's a, and it's still got the lights on the front and they black yep. out the windows and you can tell by the way they're driving, what they're doing, that they're not really police officers, but That's they're, it. they're trying, they are actively trying to portray that image of authority, but they're not. So exactly. whereas most of the cops I know what they're like, no, I'm not a cop. They do everything they can to like, <laughs> right, but, not but, be, but, but you, you, exactly, so, so add exactly that, but, that's the point. Anomalous and, behavior yes. requires an investigation, but, but let's weigh this out. Cause I want to bring up one thing that I did find um, that doesn't mean that they're not going to be a normal human being or, or, or act like a normal human being or have of normal part of the role because, well, because guess what? He makes dentures for a living. Well, there's, guess what? There's a news report from him years ago where he saw some girl on the news, some young kid who had issues. And he said, hey, I make dentures for a living. I'm going to make them for you for free. And out of the kindness of his heart, went out of his way to do something for So so don't think that this is, nope. again, the, 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 the Bond villain with the, with the cat and the bald head and all that. You're looking the wrong way. It, and, 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 and look at Isla, Isla Vista. Look at Elliot Roger. Uh, he was in front of you at, at, in the line for Starbucks and, and probably uh, left a penny and took a penny. Do you see what I'm saying? You're exactly right, Brian, that, that the normalcy pervades. That's what we get the baseline for. Because if a person was ah, uh, ah uh, all the time, we would know it. You get yes. what I'm trying to say? People would walk around with their guards up all the time. And, and that's why I know you bring it back to yellow padding it. So now it. let's go. Like we said, we'll start with before. Yeah, yeah but let, let's go one step to that comms. You, you made such an incredible point on communications that I have to make sure that we talk about that for a second. You're, you're used to how comms go, okay? So you know that before an attack, uh, Taliban, uh, you know, Al-Qaeda, uh, Joe Qaeda, his brother, uh, uh, any of the, you know, the, the, the different terrorist groups are out there. What's going to happen? We're going to have a spike in comms, like, comms all then, over the place. Or none, yeah. Boom, there's zero yeah. comms. Yeah. Right before that, you go... Because you know that there's going to be either, you would, would you get either one of those things, it's always uh, what the hell is going on here? Something's happening. Exactly. And right. but but it's a prevent indication. Yep. That something's about to hit the fan. Yeah. And and most likely that something's going to be the crap. So if we look at this incident, you said it yourself. There are 16 crime scenes. There are right now 23 dead, and we both suspected that that number is going to grow. Yeah. So how many calls are coming in? How many of the same calls are coming in that are just a little bit different? And then how many people are calling that have no idea what's going on? you got to get somebody who right away. So that doesn't happen every day. So your coppers, your emergency services personnel, your first responders, that's what they need to cue on is there's a ripple in the force, Luke. Something is wrong here right now. And guess what? What is the next thing? Geo profile, Brian. It's all happening in the same area. Do you see what I'm trying to say? So now what you got to do as an incident command, what you got to do as a chief of police, what you got to do as a, a copper on a road or an EMS, you got to say, call the blood bank. We've got a bad one. Get right. all my units motivated. So, and, and I'm not saying send everybody. No, no, no. I'm saying but, mentally now, this is when he, uh, your, your emergency service. Okay. So this, this gets into the, what I wrote down, how, you know, how do you yellow pad an in process in progress incident and i think that's what you're talking about right so yep. if something calls in you get a report 
this there was a shooting a homicide well one obviously in canada that's obviously much more yep uh, that's, it's, just that's, raised to the top of my to-do list yeah so that that's that's you know unusual there compared to here in the u.s um not unusual but i'm just saying not nearly as frequent um so so i have something like that occurring all right so boom that already raises to my threshold what i need but then like you said now I start having all these reports calling in, right? Uh, yep. House is on fire uh, in the same general area or along this. Wait a minute. So each one of those that comes in, I can write those down and, and immediately realize uh, in very little amount of time to go, something big is happening here. Exactly. One we need to, that's because that's, it's like calling in, you know, uh, when do you, when do you call in a, you call in a medevac, right? When you, something happens, you only need to give them a first few lines of, of a nine line. Right. It's a nine line, but you, you because, don't exactly because it gets them up and spin and you don't, wait, going. you don't wait till you know specifically what's wrong with each individual patient. You let them know, this is where we're at. This is what happened. This is how many we have. And then yep. you do your job because what does that do? That starts the progress in motion, right? So same thing here, allocating resources. All right, let's get this thing spun up. What exactly. do we have to do? So now, now it's, if all, that's all I have is now I can do that geographic profile. Well, where's he likely going to go next? You got to exactly. small town where it started in. So can he keep going through that area for very long? So, so, but the small town means not unlimited resources. Do you get what I'm trying to say? So the earlier you're, you're spot on again, the earlier you activate that chain. So I, I wish I would have a, a, a way to to uh, grab stuff from my environment because over in that area, Shelly's got the bell of the glaring obvious. You know, she's got this big brass bell, bing, 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 like the old school bell. And when something's sticking out like the nose on your face, Brian, when those folks are taking those calls and they're fielding that, and all of a sudden their op tempo increased, and all of a sudden the call volume increased, that should have been enough for them to say, start calling people in, notify the emergency room. I need a SWAT team guy on the phone. Where's my hostage negotiator? Even if that means calling Windsor, calling Nova Scotia, I don't know where the hell this was comparative yeah. to the rest of the map. Well, what I'm saying is that you're right. If those engines are warming up and people are putting on their boots to head to the scene, and guess what? There's still crime going around in other scenes, and grandma's still having the asthma attack and COVID's still going on. You have very precious resources, and that's why you got to have the training to be able to right. read the environmentals on this. No, no, no. And, and I, I think anyone at, at, at an operational and, and strategic level can understand allocation of resources and what you can do and what the protocols are. And there's policies and procedures. But right yep. there on the ground, how do you then go, let's say, like you brought it up. Okay, well, we, maybe we don't know anything about this guy. We don't know what's happened. Yep. We've got all these reports coming in. I think one of the best things to do is, is, is like we always say, we start with, okay, if you want to do it right there in progress, what's a geographic profile? Meaning, even yep. if you're chasing a person, right, on a foot chase, car chase, can you do a geographic profile in progress? Well, absolutely, right? So, yep. so just focus, pull up, you know, take that overhead view, look at the surrounding area, and where can he actually go? Where is he likely so, going to go next? So if we're chasing a, 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 a let me give you an example of flooding the net and then we'll move on to exactly what you're talking about and geocentric orbits that we need to start watching for in messages uh, uh so uh back in the block uh eight mile uh in detroit so just north of eight mile you have general motors you have all the different car plants and they run all the way to gosh damn port huron in, in one direction and flint in the other direction uh for miles and miles and miles and and, and so uh the ones along eight mile are are where your finish is so uh, the pickup trucks and the SUVs and stuff that are just coming off the assembly line that are completely done and just got their brand new VIN plate, but they haven't even been recorded yet, are in this huge lot that runs for miles in all directions along eight miles. So one time a year, no matter uh, uh, what year it was, uh, you would get once a year 
where some Utah boys, some stolen autos, some stolen uh, uh, vehicle practitioners would come up in a stolen car and six or eight of them would get out, jump over the fence and go at it. And every one of them would steal a car. Now right. you've got calls coming in, copy yeah. on six, copy on seven, all that other the stuff. Numbers oh, a normal call yeah. volume. But then all of a sudden it's like, yeah. And now you've got two or three different units in the South end, all in a pursuit at the same time all go in different directions to now guess what we've run out of dispatchers we've run out of bandwidth so what i'm saying just before we move off that point is this is the type of incident brian that they should yellow pad and dry erase board and learn from how did i allocate my resources how did they do because if not we didn't build an institutional memory we didn't get a lessons learned out of it i just wanted to make sure we got that because i know the bosses know what to do but do you i I mean you know does the local library know that they need to lock down because this guy's there So the second half of that coin, Brian, is where would he go next? And so this weekend, I got a free uh, uh, channel about hunting and fishing. You know, I love fly fishing and guiding elk hunting and everything else. And I would use this simple logic when we're seeing those calls come in. Okay, if you and your son or daughter were out on a lake fishing and you didn't get a nibble, you didn't get a bite, and you tried all your different bait, logical thing is move. Uh, If you pick an area for your elk or your deer and you've gone every year and you're bugling and you're scenting and you're doing all that stuff and glassing your ass off and you haven't seen an elk, you know, since Jesus was a carpenter, you might have to move. Okay. He ran out of targets. So simply, simply looking at the population and looking that he came in hard and now he's moving, Uh, he's undulating, he's growing outside of his area. Target area, that's likely his targeted attack. Now he's moving. Just like a school shooter. School shooter rarely goes into school, shoots the kids in a classroom, and sits in that classroom. They're on the move for more targets. So historically, if we looked at precedent, it's likely that this incident is growing outward. So the less people or the more response, because if he would have wanted to shoot it out with the coppers, where would he have stayed, Brian? He would have stayed at ground zero and said, hey, Ma, look what I've done. Hang this photo on the, on the refrigerator. Do you hear where I'm going with that? So, so as he's growing out, Brian, I think those ripples are what we need to read. We need to read the ripples like the tea leaves and say, what are my major intersections? Is he on foot? If he's on foot, I take a string to my pen, I put it over the map, and I make a circle around, and I say, this is about how far a person can go. Average person's rate is three yeah. miles an hour. This is this. It, it, it. Most Utah boys, if you're chasing a stolen auto and they bail on you, you know, the first thing that they're going to want to do, get home. If they can't get home, they're going to go to a home that looks like their home. And if you're right on their patoot, guess what they're going to do? They're going to hit a corner, climb under a hedge, and they're going to hide. stand there and hide. Yeah. Did he give any indication from the very beginning of this episode, and we're thinking it's one shooter now because there was no report that was more than one, did we get any idea that he was hiding at any time? No, he no, was, I, I would, Mike, he was on the move. Well, to give, let's specifically that and say, is he going to hide? I, I, you know, if you're trying to hide, are you going to start setting homes on fire? Well, no, that's going to draw a lot of attention. And it's going to be harder hiding yeah. when, when you, your hiding spot is on fire. I totally yeah. So, so that, that, that this is the indicators I like for the, for the in progress, you know, situation of what's yeah. their, what's their next move? What are they going to move on to? Right. This yep. is, this is what we know well, right now. Is he likely going to steal a car? Now, I don't know. My witnesses are saying that he left in a vehicle and it looked like a police car. And that was the early confusion, Brian, because they're thinking they're thinking a copper shows up at a house. The copper's down inside of the house. And now the suspect is fleeing. You get it? But we don't have to know that much to determine that if he left the scene in a car, now we have a new scene and they go, hey, your coppers are already here. Somebody's got to start reading those and go, wait a minute, maybe the suspect is a copper. 
And it, at that point, Brian, it doesn't matter that he was a real or, or, or that he right. was wearing a costume. The idea is that we're starting to narrow the focus. Instead of a flashlight, now we're down to a laser. It may only be one or a couple of actors, and they're highly motivated to keep killing. That's what so, it seems like. So, yes. So, and I think keep killing and who are they going to kill is important, again, to know yes. for that in-progress situation. So you brought up a couple facts when you brought up school shooters. So you can look at every school shooter, either yep. when they're done shooting and there's no one left to kill, they either walk out and give up or they commit suicide, right? I mean, it's it's one or the other. They yep. don't, meaning they don't fight it out with police because they know you know, Hey, they're, they're, that might hurt they're, that that's, they're going to, they're going to get the drop on me. Yep. And so there's a whole bunch of issues about control and I can control my own death and all that. So there's a million things you get into, but, but you look at it, well, are they going to shoot it out with the cops? Cause that's who, if you're in progress, that's who's dealing with it. Right. Or are they going to kill themselves? Uh, are they going to give up? So this guy didn't show any signs likely he was going to give up. Uh, he continued killing people as he was exactly going nor that he was going to barricade Brian. I think those no, early he signs that you were mentioned. So, yes. so that shoot and move that hit and move is what we're seeing. So if he did a hit and move at his ex-wife's house, he comes outside, he surprises the neighbors that came over to see what was going on. Cause they saw the cop car. He executes them. Now we start getting calls that are coming in. He's lighting the fires. That's a deliberate yes. methodology. And it takes, a minute it takes too. time to do those yeah. things. Then he calmly gets into his vehicle and he starts moving to his next scene. If we have two points, we can create a line. And it's logical that we can protract out from that. Hey, listen, he did this here. Now, why would we do that? One, because we want to get a jump on him and try to outthink a, a cunning enemy. The second thing is, if that third line, Brian, goes somewhere that we haven't anticipated, we got to start thinking we got multiple shooters. You get what I'm trying to say? This is a separate incident. Or wait a minute, if this guy's that crazed, is this another likely target? That's when we start looking at those places and going, hey, this is close to a school. This is close so, to a church. Yeah, this so is this is, again, gets, gets into the geographic profile when calls yes. are coming in because you can look at a map at where they're coming in from, right? It's not, that's, we have technology right away. You can see. You can do that on your phone. Yeah, but but you can take an overhead view. So we always yep. like to say, all right, take, you know, your multiple perspectives, right? You got to look left, right, up, down, all the way 360 degrees, right? But but you also have to be able to look up overhead and down because you just said it, all right? So it, can I draw a line? If the call came in here, then the next call was here, and then the next call was here, and I draw a line, am I going to get a general direction of travel? Well, absolutely yep. I am, right? Yep. And then what's what's near there? What access roads? What major uh, uh, freeways or throughways? You're are exactly in area, right. right? What because, would I do faced with this knowledge in this situation, if I was the perpetrator, which road would I take, right? I don't think so deeply into it because even the most highly organized people, guess what? Natural lines of drift are created because we're creatures of habit and we repeat behaviors. Okay, so so th th this is good for in progress. So now I'm building that. So let's say now we know his location or moving in where we have positive ID or moving yep. on. So now I'll put you in that that seat right there of this is in going right now. And you have a commander come to Greg and say, Hey, what do my guys need to worry about? Are they going to, is he going to shoot it out with them? Is he going to give up? Is he going to kill himself? What yeah. do you think? What predict in that real time? Because we, we are kind of doing it because we don't know everything that happened. I don't know what happened at that shootout at the gas station where it ended. No idea. Uh, did they yep. just show up and see him and kill him on site? Maybe. Um, I, I, I don't know. Um, do, do I, I don't, I'm not going to lose any sleep over it if that's what they did. But yep. at the same time, 
you still have to follow protocols and procedures, right? There's rules of force right. and escalation so, of force so, and rules of engagement. But but it, I want to put it right. to you. You're sitting in that scene and we go, hey, this someone just called him in. He's at this gas station. We have units moving in right now. How do we approach? What do you think he's going to do? Okay. So I, I, again, you know me yelling out there, folks, do your homework. Okay. This isn't rocket science. It is science. And it, it's all science all the time. But this isn't so hard that, that you can't do it. It's intuitive. One, it is. One, get to training because then you learn the architecture. You learn how to, how to look. Uh, uh, but I would say, Brian, uh, uh, well-played out incident just a few uh, months ago, uh, jewelry store Robert, protracted chase, helos are involved, cops are shooting, civilians are down, everything else. One, look at that as a parallel study to conduct predictive analysis on what a bad guy is going to do. Uh, number two, a uh, guy in uh, Texas uh, that was driving around, uh, shot the UPS guy there, stole yeah. his truck or FedEx, Probably drove Florida, around. I think, yeah. Think about that. that yeah. That's another very, very similar incident. Then uh, I would say a third to study before you answer this. And this is how we work because we got to build a case. I can't just say, well, uh, flip a coin. It's horseshit. Right. Uh, look at the California robbery. I think it was West Hollywood, Brian, uh, where the two shooters went in. The coppers have been following for a while. They came out, shot up a lot of coppers. Oh, but yeah. They were moving Bullshit. deliberately. Yeah. They were going to have to be put down like a rabid That's dog. It. That's the only way they were going they down. they were moving yeah. and finding a car, and then the cops shoot, shoot the car. Cops. Yeah. Find another car. So yeah. those guys had to go down. So of all of those incidents, the one uh, factor that links them together in, in this huge cabeza is that the bad guy had to be put down in every one of those instances. This, to me, from the very beginning when we started texting, yeah. felt like that because it was building out from a central point and the killing increased in numbers quickly. Yes. One, uh, uh, then two, then four. Now exponentially it's growing and he's moving to different locations. In that incident, the likelihood uh, uh, of you being able to de-escalate the situation or talk it out, this person is on full act it out mode. They're mm -hmm. on full transmit on their little internal radio and he's done. So he's really there and he's making some really good decisions. That's why he killed for 12 hours, but he's not really home. So if you right. called, Gabe wasn't home right now. It went right. straight to his message system that said, Gabe's not home. He's out killing. I'm telling you right now, Brian, that is going to tell me what my response has to be. You and I watched a disturbing video uh, uh, 24 hours ago uh, about a state trooper that had to make a choice to continue a pursuit for a very low level crime that ended right. up in a death. Uh, that was bad tactical thinking. That was bad critical thinking and advanced critical thinking. This situation right here, you better start calling your folks and say, be ready to ram. I need stop sticks. You're going to have to escalate your level of violence to keep up with this guy because he's going to continue to kill till you kill him. Now, are you saying that did he likely in the car? Well, if they completely disabled his car, he couldn't get out and move around. Do you get what I'm trying to say? He couldn't abandon his car and continue the fight. He ain't going to let you take him alive. He's, he's done. He's already done. So you're going to have to shoot me because I'll shoot you all the way up to the car or I'm going to blow my own brains out. Simple as that. And guess what? Your subject matter expertise comes in because you could start warning those coppers at the scene, be prepared for these contingencies. And, and that's a good thing. That, then it's not a surprise, Brian. Well, and that's kind of what, what I came up with too, right? When you look at this as an in-progress thing happening and this is occurring and this is occurring, like, okay, my first, one of my, you know, like I, it goes along with my first reaction to you when I said that's a lot of killing and that's a lot of rage. Yep. Um, he's not going to stop. Uh, he will not stop. 
and I, I, I think it, his actions and his no incentive show to that. stop at this point. You're exactly well, right. right. There's no, there's, there, there's nothing. He's dem- He hasn't demonstrated any likely intent of of stopping the killing. Yep. So, yep. in these cases, which are rare, um, I think that, that is and the not only, just in Canada. These are rare. Yeah, in, in the, that is one of the cases, or this is one of those things where you, there's he's not going to stop killing. So you know he does need to be killed, or you know what I'm saying? Like meaning, yes. it's not a, it's not a. We're not executing him on what he's done or, or making some type of decision. But it, as a now going yeah, yeah, exactly. situation, we're still going to follow laws and yeah, uh, you follow all your protocol protocols and your ethical. procedures. Yes. but but at this point, this is when you know, hey, we're not going to. He's not going to want to talk this one out. He's not going to want to sit on the phone with a hostage negotiator for every another 12 hours. At every opportunity to do that, he had an opportunity to slow the rate of killing. Do you get what I'm trying to say? But he continued to bound and move and kill, which, which meant that he transmitted the likelihood and the likelihood raised that you were going to have to kill him. You're exactly right. Right. And, and you go to the point of the person who walked in and saw him killing, right? And then he didn't drop the gun and run out the back door yep. and, and take off. Nope. He killed. Oh, now I got to kill him. Or he could have, or he could have kept that person hostage and said, listen, I want to tell you, you my story so yeah. you can share it with the coppers. I'm going to leave you alive. You know, the Mickey and Mallory Knox, you get what I'm saying? We always leave one alive to tell the story. We saw no evidence of that, Brian, and artifact evidence. That's the, the basis on which we draw a reasonable conclusion. And guess what? The, the intimacy with which he created that uniform. The level of dedication and detail and time he took making that uh, uh, police vehicle. This isn't about the gun, Brian. He would have killed with the two pound sledge. This is about, he decided I'm broken. There's nothing that's gonna to help me anymore. So watch this. Stand by folks, wait till you get a load of this. And that's what happened, Brian. He acted that out. And the level of meticulous detail that pr- preceded this event should have told you what you were dealing with at that gas station. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, and and there's uh, you know, there there's the, these these incidences which which are rare are I mean are just absolutely catastrophic, and unfortunately, a lot of them could be seen. Now, you know, I people like to say, well, you know, how do I know if this person is going to do this if they're saying all this crazy stuff, or how do I know, or what am I supposed to do? And I, I get okay. that one. I understand because yep. one, if you haven't been trained, you. People want to give each other the benefit of the doubt, but but it, that's when you, you, like we always say, you yellow pad it, you write it down and and go, is this behavior escalating? Did it go from exactly. him being angry? Because over time, all of that escalates. So 30 years ago when he was in college and he was kind of a little weird, all right, without help or without intervention or without a change in, in your life or your situation, um, that now people, he could he have just stayed a little weird and continued on that bandwidth his whole life? Absolutely. Yeah. People, there's everyone knows we, I'm a weird guy too. I'm a little odd, right? But, but we, that we goes all, without saying, <laughs> homie. But, but, but it's what happens is now is that behavior escalating and what's starting to occur. And you can have that, find that, I would say, always look to your own personal life of maybe exactly. like That's of, of a something baseline. that you've done where, where is this the normal stuff that I'm continuing to do or, or wait, am I, Am I going out now with the boys drinking, you know, three nights a week when it was used to be once a month? Because that's an escalation of behavior. What's that leading to? All you got to do is look down that timeline now and see where that where that's pointed. And I think You're exactly right. But before the incident, you could see all that. Now during right. the incident, that's no different. You just got to do it faster, right? You got to do it more quickly. And and guess what? Now you're going to make reasonable conclusions, and and you're going to base on most likely most dangerous because it's in progress. You don't have that luxury of time always. But I want you to rewind tape to what you just said about going back. 
this guy, we had a 30-year window. Everybody looked at this guy. He was not always uh, uh, a whack job. And if he was, guess what? He should have popped hot earlier. Brian, everybody in Canada had to look up what a denturist was when that first <laughs> news media came yeah. out because nobody knew. I didn't. Everybody goes, denturist? What the like, hell does that guy do? Ask me, what does a denture model? It models the existing teeth. Is it have to be kind of close? Can you kind of wedge it in there? Well, uh, if you're George Washington and you're carving them out of wood, maybe. But this is detailed work. This guy had to work with a microscope. So is it surprise you that the uniform passed muster or that the car looked like a car? That's what I'm trying to say. Now, if we go back to Anders Brevik, Lego, uh, uh, what's his make? Uh, uh, you remember that joke from a long time ago. Well, Anders is a great study, folks. Yeah. Uh, a kid in a boat taking him out to the island where he killed a bunch of more kids uh, was interviewed by the police afterwards and said, I knew this guy was a shooter right away. One, the cops around here don't carry, you know, weapons. Yeah, so he thought, not the these are all the things he saw weird as he's right. driving him on the ferry yeah. to the island. Yeah. But the one thing, Brian, that I thought was interesting is he says, hey, this guy's got spit shined uh, core fam, uh, uh, you know, paratrooper boots that are ladder laced with white laces. And, and they said, well, why was that odd? And he says, well, I've only seen that in a book, you know, like the, the book in the parade where everybody's wearing their, their military finest. So Brevik did the research, but Brevik's uniform was just a little off. Are you telling me that Gabe's behavior before this didn't cue anybody in that something was wrong, that, that he had his vehicles that he was making into police cars? He had two of them that was so well hidden. Nobody asked him, Hey, what's up with that? That his uniform putting together and going online that his purchases. Listen, folks, this guy was married. He's like you. He held down a job. Yeah. That's the most dangerous person. It's not the wackadoodle. It's not uh, uh, it's, Brian's favorite friend, Charles Manson, that, that carves yeah, a swastika in his forehead. Yeah. It, it's a person that's lived like a Dennis Rader lived a normal life. He had a normal job. He did normal things. That's what you need to look for is you need to look for that blip. And the more of those blips that you get that are above or below the baseline, Brian, they need to be accounted for. Well, and when somebody wants their say and their way, right? that's it. That's the most so, dangerous person. So here, here's what it is. And unfortunately, um, man, these, 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 any type of domestic violence or domestic situation, or even if it's just an argument or relationship issues, man, they're, they're brutal because they're so yes. highly emotional. And, and they connect so to so many other people outside of that. Yeah, that it's, right. it's, it's not like getting in an argument with your buddy, man. I mean, this is like your feelings and emotions are running wild and, and it's, it's, they're so volatile. So, and, and the unfortunate thing is, you know, how many times do you think his ex-wife said, you know, he's going to kill me someday? And I, I, I don't, and, and this is what, what I get into when we go, you know, we always say, hey, you got to look for these indicators. But then we also say, well, you can't jam a square peg into a round hole, right? It's that analytical sure. framework, most likely most dangerous course of action. So if that is that person, because I've, I've helped out some friends before in situations yep. where they said, hey, this guy is sending me this. This is what he's doing. What the heck do I do? I go, all right, number one, you have to document everything. Number two, you got to immediately get a temporary restraining order. It doesn't mean anything. If it turns out to be not a big deal, it's a warning to him and he might never leave you alone and it goes away if it's, if it's nothing serious. It's, it's called a temporary one. Two, you got to document this. You have to annotate why this is. Is there, and I always look for what is their behavior? Is it escalating? Are they starting to make threats? Just like a paramedic. Are they, are is they, it getting better? Is it getting yeah, worse? Are, they, are, certain are they, incidents? Yeah. Are they overt threats or are they veiled threats? Are they this? What is it? they're actually saying and write it down on that yellow pad because then you'll see the difference between someone who's angry and upset because they don't have the emotional maturity to deal with a breakup or the situation or whatever 
versus someone who's likely to get violent, someone who's going to yep. act out and wants their way, not just their say. And that would, when, with an incidents repeat, if they're one of those two columns that you just built and there's 70 columns, but if there's one of those two, guess what? Every time it's a holiday, every time I eat dinner, every time we go to your uncle's, every, it's going to repeat those patterns, Brian, because those same internal triggers get our physiology going. And anytime you put up some type of barrier, right? We always say people teach you how they want to be treated. So you have to teach that person how you want to be treated, right? So it's, did you set a line in the sand and did they cross it or did they respect that boundary? And did you come back again? Did you go to the hotel for the night and keep coming back? You're right. And that's what I'm saying is that if you put a boundary out, right, you draw that line in the sand and they don't respect that boundary. Well, then they're never going to respect the boundary, right? If they, if you put one out and they respect it, but they still get upset, but they don't do that again. Okay. They're learning their change. You can glam onto that. So, so, so that it's a, it's a comparative uh, baseline here right? Uh, what, what do I compare it to? Just like you said, is it better? Is it worse? Is it increasing? Is it decreasing? Yes. And I think those, those occur. And, and that's, I, I think no different than, so that's all, you know, left of bang, right? That's all before these. That's incidents. all before the incident. And, I, and, and I, 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 I'll throw this at you, Brian, when you, when you take a look at these, you've been traveling with me for 10 years. Uh, you know, everybody that I know that's a SME in a related uh, discipline, every time that we're somewhere, somebody comes up to me and goes, so what are you saying that I should call the cops every time? My answer has always been the same. Yes. Let the cops there figure it out. Talk to somebody about this. Say something about it. Because people sit on information that ends up being the key piece of evidence in the Kellner case, and then people die. This guy telegraphed his motion. Every human being telegraphs their action before it occurs. That happened in this incident. The people just weren't trained on what to do with that knowledge. Right. And that's the other thing what we always say, you know, yellow pattern, take notes. And I've helped friends out in situations where I said, every time you see something or something occurs, well, you got a damn smartphone and you got a calendar on there, open up the calendar and, you know, use the same color every time the person does something and write a note about it. You just documented right there. Guess what? In court, people go, Oh crap. They, that's, that's too detailed Hugely to make up. Important. So, exactly. so the, meaning you're, you're gathering artifacts and evidence in support of a reasonable conclusion, right? So there's that. So, so now continuing, I mean, we, we, we talked about the case and then same thing you can do that in progress, right? So just like I brought up, right. You can do that same thing, just, just much quicker. Okay. Right. What, what's happening right now that I need to know? What do, what do I know? Let's draw this out on a map. What's he been doing? What's been reported? And then continue looking down that line. Is this, yep. is this situation escalating or yep. is it de-escalating? Are they, did they, did, you know, someone see him drop the gun and take off running? Cause that's exactly. different than no, he keeps shooting and going after right, anyone that he sees. One of those things is like Hubert. It's building on those different cubes and it's going up. And, and I got to talk to my copper friends out there, Brian, you're pinned down behind a sled because you pulled up, saw a scout car at the scene. Gabe walks out. He immediately takes a couple shots. Holy crap, that's not a copper. That's a bad guy. Now I'm behind the fender well. I'm, I'm behind the tire. I have to do a quick calculation and go, this is the guy that they were talking about from the next town. There's already at least 12 crime scenes. There's people dead all over. It's just me, and I can't get to my shotgun or my AR. I'm bugging out. You've got to do that kind of logic. Sometimes we get that tombstone courage, Brian, yeah. and we go, hey, I'm going I'm to be the one that has to stop this guy. This is the time to start clearing the houses and use the ur on your perndal and get the hell out of there until you get better help. See, what happens is sometimes we keep pushing things in to try to stop that leakage, you know? Yeah. And, and all of a sudden, guess what? Some of that breaks down, and now the garage wall is all soaked and the, the sand and the, the architecture is falling in on itself. Don't make a bad incident worse. Don't get into that situation and look and go, hey, I'm the one that's going to have to stop this. Because guess what? There was probably 15 or 16 people in that stack that said they could do something. And, and guess what? It's, it's evolving too fast. 
Gift of time and distance means you got to slow this down. He's not slowing down the killing, so that's your job. That's, Get data training. Uh, Brian, nearly half well, the training we do is free. That's the, tac that's the tactical patience part, yes. right? Because I've seen it, and in, in, in anyone who's done any type of um, TDGs, the military calls them the tactical decision games, where you just come up with a set of circumstances, and then you can whiteboard it. A lot of law enforcement agencies do that even for like promotion boards, right? You want to get to that next yes. rank or supervisory level. They'll sit there in a room and go, hey, all right, here's the situation unfolding. Boom. And then you have to go, hey, here's what resources I would allocate to that. And then they yep. layer on more. Now this is happening. Now this is occurring. And it's all, that's what it's for. It's reactive to based on what resources you have and how to allocate them. But, but what I've never seen in any of those is someone go, all right, well, at this point, where do you think this person's going next? Yes. What do you think? What do you think the next situation is going to be? Where can he go from here? All right. If they, this attack started this location and this is what we've reported so far, what's the next likely location? Yep. And, and that doesn't get played out as much. And, and that's what both in military and law enforcement in those, because those planning exactly. exercises are great. The, they are, they are just like we do. Everything we do is a TDG, right? Everything we do in class, all the part tests, all the stuff we're talking about here with the yellow pad, that's what it is. It's it, it, these very simple exercises are what, would give you the the training or or the the file folders necessary to have something when these situations occur. Otherwise, if you don't play the what if game, um, you know you're never gonna know what to do if something happens. But at exactly. the same time, if you don't play the what if game correctly and you just come up with random crap, uh, you're you're doing. Yeah, there's no science. Harm. There's no architecture. All and, you're doing it's a pipe dream, and you're and, gonna get smoked. And to go yeah, and to go back to your point of that guy who shows up on the scene, man, it's look. What do we always say? Rule number one: first, do no harm. Right. Uh, it, I do that. Baby. I mean, how many, and I think sometimes we, we take that for granted in terms of how many different units have we worked with agencies, companies, private, public sector, uh, law enforcement, military, or I've been attached to different units or gone out on stuff. And that's always rule number one is one, I, I, one, I want, I don't want to become a liability. I want to be an asset to the team, but two, it's first do no harm. I don't want to get in here and make the situation worse for you. Right. So, so sometimes that means, Hey, let's hold back here. Let's pull back. Like you said, reverse out, reverse out, reverse out and get some time and distance because me yep. getting killed on the scene and then him taking my ammo while well, I just, I just made the That's situation it. worse. And, and guess what? You, you not only made the situation worse, Brian, but you paid with your mistake with your life. And yeah. now other people are going to die. Brian, you don't make enough money. You don't, you don't make enough money for that. For 35 years, I've been conducting the same uh, social experiments. And you witnessed one just a, a couple of weeks ago uh, when we were in uh, Virginia. And, and the idea was to get two groups of highly educated SMEs that are very experienced in the process and say, I want you to attack this or I want you mm -hmm. to take this perspective. And what do they always do when they're left to their own devices? When yep. they come back, it's it's the Rube Goldberg operation. <laughs> We're going to parachute in, and then this. <laughs> yeah. you're going to kill all the power to the city. It looks like that. Uh, what's that movie? The the Dean Martin movie that that now uh, those other guys do. The Oceans Eleven. Oceans, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. And it comes. So we need a ventriloquist, and Brian. Yeah, and this guy's got to fit in the box, and he's going to get in the safe. Shut yeah, up, yeah. Oh, crap, because so, it doesn't so work. <laughs> when when we poke holes in that, and we kick them uh, down the stairs, and tell them to try again. What do they come back to us? What's the plan? It's now? it's we got a guy with a bag with a gun in it that we're going to try. Like, it's like the most simple, basic attack that happens all the time. So this guy's attack plan. His attack plan was I'm going over to the house and I'm going to kill my wife. I'm going to kill that guy and then see what's next. I'm going to have my say and have my way. That lit the fuse and the fuse is still going. Without training, Brian, you're throwing darts at a map. With training, 
predictive analysis specifically, now you're starting to think like that insurgent. You're thinking like that criminal and you're going, this is where I'm going to put the best bank for my buck. I'm going to do this. And Brian, it, we're forecasting, but it's better than weather forecasting because we're forecasting on tangible stuff that right. we can see and that we can measure. We're, we're not, you know, uh, Nostradamus. We're saying this indicates that there's a likelihood that this will happen next. And Brian, we're right a lot more than we're wrong. And in, this is one of those incidents. Look, I just gave a professor out there a whole semester that he can do next year. So if you're listening there, university professor, I named four cases, companion cases that you could look at and then hold this one up for it and then give each one of your students assignments because they'll learn from this. Yeah. It's all about human behavior. Dial it back. And I bet you predict what's going to happen just by the evidence over here along that timeline. And Brian, that's what we do for a living. So, so I, and, and on that, for, for anyone listening, if you want to know, you know, hey, how the heck do I do that? Is you pick one case and you be the best in the world. You go down the rabbit oh, wow. hole and find that, you know, this shooter's great aunt was related to the king of whatever. Like you go yep. down that rabbit hole of every single detail, whether it has yep. anything to do with the case or not. And once you become an expert at one, once you see another case and you start reading stuff and you start looking at things that are happening or you see indicators, you go, oh, that reminds me of this part of, and then now the light bulbs go off. And, and yep. then it makes it easier to extrapolate information out of any of these other cases that we talk about. But, um, because now you have a template and a prototypical match right. for, for the, the pre-event indications of violence that occurred in each one. And then somebody will start telling you something and boom, your brain will go to that file folder, click, 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 click. You got 52 cards behind that that all have information on it. And it makes you smarter, faster, stronger, and harder to kill. Okay. Yeah. So I, I think that was, uh, I, that's kind of how we would do this. Remember, like, I, I feel like we're doing We'd want more in information time. though, Brian. Well, we, right. So that's why I reached the out. scene. Victims, friends, families, call us, tell us. Yeah. If anyone in Canada who's listening, cause we got a whole bunch of listeners up there, um, you know, please reach out to us left of Greg at gmail.com or info at arcadiacognorati.com. So we can, if you've got something or if we miss something, we'll be happy to recap. But I, I think this is kind of what I, what I wanted to get out of the situation because, because there's so little information because it just yep. happened, press is a little bit different, uh, all that stuff. Um, we were able to pull out enough to at least, you know, we couldn't do a specific timeline and do geolocation and look at a map and all that, um, which is, that's what you want to do for the after action is get into that type of detail. And then as you go through these attacks, I would listen to anyone is, is if you're the one out there who's going to write the after action review on this and you get all the details and you get the timeline and you go, Hey, at this point he did this and this was our response. And then he did this. And then we allocated this here. That's all important. But what we forget sometimes in there is at each one of those points, you can then say, Hey, this is what we knew at this time. Yes. Um, this is what we should have done. Or this is what we could have done. We could have made the we most could have, impact here. Yeah, we, we could, could have, have mitigated here. Exactly. We could have, have cut the chain in these events here versus 12 hours later. We could yes. have done it in three hours. or whatever. You, you get what I'm saying? And, yes. and, and that's how you save lives. That's how you maximize the lessons learned out of all of these cases, I think. No, you're exactly really, right, Brian. Really tying it to where could have we cut the cord uh, on this to, to, to end it sooner. And And be able to articulate that, of course, in a legal, moral, ethical framework. But I, that, that's, that's the, the big takeaways. And again, um, maybe we'll get some more information so we could do a follow-up on this case. I think that would be- Because we want to be right. We want to have the best yeah. information. And what we just showed you, again, is an architecture that you can apply to any case. And, and again, get data training. Uh, the, the training is out there. Learn those things. Because Brian, I've seen 
every form of tactical training from ramming cars yeah. to shooting to this to that that's all that bang and it's right. necessary we're not saying that it's not necessary right. but you got to dial it in and you got to go further back you got to be able to read those the gift of time and distance means the further left the bank the less it's going to hurt all right well i think that's a good point to kind of wrap on unless you've got uh, uh anything else to add greg no no uh shout out to everybody out there that's still withstanding the covid we're 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 all this in this at the same time. <laughs> Don't forget, training changes behavior. Thanks for tuning in, folks. If you would like some more information about what we talked about today, you can head to the Left of Greg Patreon site where we've added some more information about what we discussed as well as some examples of how you can practically apply some of the lessons learned. Please remember to tell your friends about the show and follow us on Facebook at HBPRA. Thanks again and be safe.